Joe, do you ever realize how life is like a penis? No. Women make it very hard. <laughs> they do. So this um, this woman decides, you know, she wants you know to marry a virgin and not hard to, you know, very hard to find. And she searches all over, um, corresponds with a bunch of people, finally ends up meeting what she thinks is Mr. Right in Australia. Flies down there, they get married, and wedding night, they come home, and, and he's getting ready, and she goes to the bathroom to get ready, and then she hears all this moving of the furniture around and stuff like that. And she comes out and goes, is everything okay? He goes, well, yeah. He goes, well, what's going on? He goes, well, I'm a virgin. You know, I've never you know, made love to a woman before, but if it's anything like fucking a kangaroo, we're going to need the room. Fucking <laughs> 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 a kangaroo. Like bestiality. Well, it's Australia. I think that's you know par for the course. I see. I don't. I'm gonna. Can can I just start making up new? I don't know if it's made up or not. That's the fun part. (laughs) Ah, hey everybody, it's Jacques, Joe, and uh, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Ah, Joe, how the heck are you? Just great. You? (laughs) I, you know, when, when things are going shitty. And I uh, I get to spend a little time with you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, my life sucks, but, you know. Get ready to do some heavy lifting today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's different because. Oh, I, right. True. I, you know, I'm the one that has the, uh, you don't speak enough problem. And I have the, please, Jacques, shut the fuck up problem. Yep. Um, yeah, I know. Sorry about that. But uh, so, so we start with. Uh, and it's you know he wasn't like a big actor, but uh, Michael Poland died, um, mm. as as you probably know him best as the oh and I can't I'm awful with the character's name. Um, he's the guy who froze to death and Scrooged. Oh yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. You know, career, like he's one of these fifty. I, you know I don't know if he's ever been on Gilbert's podcast, but he is mm. one of the guys. He should have been. He's one of the guys who had a. Well, he died at eighty, and he had like a sixty-year career of being. Oh yeah, that guy. You know, right? Yeah, he wasn't he in. You have him down as a Star Trek. Was he one of the black and white guys or something else? No, no, he was. Um, it was uh, there. Was, it was an episode where it was almost like a a. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the the story. Um, like all the boys on one island, like a Lord of the Flies type. Oh, okay. You know, island of like you know out of control kids, you know, type of thing and oh, stuff like that. Um, and what else did I put on there that I that you said Star Trek and Scrooge? Scrooge, but he is. He's one of those ones that he's probably been. He was big in in like um, B horror movies mm-hmm. and stuff like. He never didn't work he was always working you know his imdb page has like a couple hundred things on it never in like the top five in billing on anything but some memorable characters character and stuff like that yeah and that's why there's gotta be journeyman there's gotta be uh well you know it's funny because um kurt russell you know it's funny because his dad was an actor and his dad died on tv like 260 sometimes uh he was always in cowboy things or like bonanza oh, and all right. these West- he was like the red shirt guy in star trek yeah. and, and and kurt russell talked about like you know his father was he described his father as like and and you know this guy falls into it's like the plumber of actors you know what i mean there was always steady work yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't glamorous or anything like that it never got him front page or the back page of newspapers or stuff like that but yeah they had a really good life so 
The poor guy. Yeah. Well, you know, he lived a life. He lived a good life, 80-something. Nice run. Uh, I know I know. you already know this, but sadly, there will not be a podcast next week unless – and and I, I, I think you should do the best of Joe. I think you should do uh, either take a uh, – take all the – Self-indulgent theaters and string them together, or all the audio checks we do before coming on, because there's nothing offensive in out of bounds or incriminating in any of those, and just no. string them, string like an hour of the good stuff together. Sure, why not? Or maybe all your songs and stuff. But yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to be, you know, s- wake up. You know, Monday morning and seeing my feed. Oh, there's a new episode of Carnival Personnel, the best of Joe. Mm-hmm. Nothing. That'd be Christmas. Right. I mean, that and would it, be. It will be December, won't it? It oh, will no. be. And, yeah. 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 It's the first uh, Monday of December. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. It is a fucked up thing because I think it's throwing everybody's schedule off that Thanksgiving is three days before, you know, December. It's, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, and when we aren't doing the podcast because. Uh, a little while ago, I made the executive decision to take the family to Montreal for Thanksgiving only because I just can't do a Fox News Thanksgiving at my parents' house. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And, and, and my parents have my – since the early 80s have a huge Christmas party that's just a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. And there's and we're, we're going to go to that. Mm-hmm. And – my mom has like her her sisters and their kids, and it's great. I mean, it, it is great, but a lot of people I don't need to see twice inside a two three week period of time. Right. So and we, it's being so close to Christmas, yeah, why bother? And uh, and the other big reason is management is already set to go to Montreal in June with like her her best friend Mike for a big poutine festival. Oh yeah, the big poutine. You did that last year, or she did that last year. La- last couple of years in in New Hampshire, but this time they're going to the they're going to the birthplace of poutine. You know, they're going ah. to the the motherland. Uh, and then, but she realized, and this is after last poutine fest when she was talking about going next year next year's poutine fest uh that you know her friend mike said they should road trip up there and so they're going to do that like in the spring but she's like but we've never gone there i kind of feel bad going to some place you know and seeing that for the first time you know without you or you and the boy so and it is it's only like a five hour drive up and it's you know it's a pretty nice drive i mean i've it's been since I was, you know, a kid, like 16, 17, playing juniors, making that drive. But it, it was. It was always a, a pretty, you know, because you're going through, you know, Vermont and New Hampshire and stuff like that. And half the ride, it just seems like you're driving through a Norman Rockwell painting. So. Yeah, or the opening to On Golden Pond. <laughs> right, yes. Or Newhart, which is actually the footage from On Golden Pond. Is it really? That opening Newhart sequence is just stripped from On Golden Pond. Those cheap bastards. Yeah. Um, Great theme song. That I had I the weirdest dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so so that, that's it. Uh, what are your Thanksgiving plans? I think we're just going to have a small thing here. Um, we don't really have any plans to meet up with family like we usually do. I guess there's some drama going on. On We usually meet for Thanksgiving on my side of the family. My wife doesn't have a lot of uh, family close by there in this area or they're kind of scattered all over the place. So... You know, we, but there's some stuff going on where we're not quite sure what's happening. So we're going to do something small and, you know, that'll be that. Thanksgiving, eh, it's, it's not like the big, I mean, it's not Christmas or Halloween for us. So we didn't feel bad like being away. Plus, you know, 
might be scoping out where we'll be parking the airstream <laughs> for a four-year period of time <laughs> if things uh, do, don't don't turn around in in, uh, in next November. Oh, right, yeah, sure. You know, gotta have that plan B. So I, um, I for the first time, and I I don't know why I haven't done this before. It's not a big deal. Every great once in a while, you go to Wikipedia and they have, a, hey, a please donate now thing. I actually donated. Do you know how – and, and this is a serious question. How does Wikipedia monetize? They don't to take advertisements. I think they just rely on donations. You know, it's like PBS. Not even because PBS at least has sponsorships. So, yeah, I think Wikipedia – who knows? It could have been started by um, like philanthropists or something or whatever. And then, you know, then they needed donations to help. Fuel the fi- the flame of uh, misinformation put out, man. <laughs> well, I I have heard the guy who created it, like or runs it like a few years ago on a show talking about how much your overhead is and how many people actually work at Wikipedia. I don't, I probably should have done three seconds of research before coming. I mean, you got Google, yep. but where does Wikipedia rank as visited sites? Because I I probably I probably go to Wikipedia. Not daily, but damn near daily. Yeah, it's got to be in the top five. You know, although Google does a really good job sometimes of I don't know what they're doing on their search engine because whenever you Google something, you get like this sort of encapsulated synopsis of what you're looking for, and it kind of links to Wikipedia, but you have to dig for it or look for it. It's not usually like the top result. Like if you're if you want to Google, you know, Michael Poland, for example, and find out if he has a Wikipedia page, you kind of have to scroll down. A couple of entries to find the Wikipedia. So it's funny. You think Wikipedia would be like the top search results. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's a (laughs) C-O-N-spiracy. See, um, but the funny thing about Wikipedia is how often I'll go to Wikipedia to look something up and end up linking and going to like 10 other pages. It's like you look up a band or a certain album or or this guy and and then it has like – Oh, he first appeared in the Star Trek episode, and then you go to the Star Trek link to see that, and then you're reading something else, and it's... I've, I've edited a couple of Wikipedia pages. Have you? Yeah, just my OCD, like, oh, that's not right. You know, if it's about some movie or something I know a little bit of something about, and they have some incorrect factoid, or even so far as, like, you know, like a typo that just bugs me. I'll be like, no, that's wrong, and I, and I, I, go I and fix it. Our friend Jenna... Has, I don't know how much time she spends like on that stuff, but to her OCD with that drives her up a wall. Yeah, there's a line in a Weird Al song, uh, "White and Nerdy," that's uh, basically it. Just says I edit Wikipedia, he, but it's the. Have you ever heard the Weird Al song, "White and Nerdy"? I'm just I don't know I don't know you. I, but it's Weird Al. I mean, do I do I love Weird Al anywhere close to you? No. Does anyone love Weird Al close to you? Probably no. But yes, I'm a huge Maybe fan of Weird Al. Right. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I can, I, I can check off a couple. Yeah, I, right. The only question I ever Almost. thought was hard was, do I like Kirk or do I like Picard? Picard. Yeah, we're gonna do a something else there. To you doing white and nerdy, but as one of the other voices, thank you for queuing that up. Okay. Um. Yeah, but I did. I'm like, you know what? I don't know exactly how Wikipedia works and how much money they need, but it was like it gave you like a few options. It's like, no, I'm not going to do the monthly thing, but I can afford like 30 bucks to something I use on on almost a daily basis. And it 
talking about editing it. I think there are some kind of, you know, I remember when, um, oh, Alaska governor, you know, Sarah Palin, when she was in Boston and she was, I forget it, what historical place. And she's standing right next to the placard explaining in simple terms that the third graders who come here to visit whatever it was, the Paul Revere house or something like that, what it is. And she's standing next to it. And this is on the Daily Show. And uh, somebody asked her, oh, you know, can you tell us about this location? What's about? And she went on this insane rant that had nothing. And then her fans went to the Wikipedia page for the Paul Revere house and rewrote the page to make it, you know, succinct to what, you know, the verbal diarrhea. So uh, I'm I'm a great person because I did that. Yay to me. Um, I am all caught up with all two episodes. Three. You missed last night. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm caught up. You're two. You're behind. With, 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 with. I'm two-thirds away there, but I've seen the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, I won't spoil episode three. Uh, Baby see. Yoda? <laughs> uh, a naked... Uh, no. <laughs> There's uh, nothing happening We're going like to pause that. the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I... I uh, it lived up to the hype that you and everybody else who had you know, text me and the first hour of it being released saying, have you seen The Mandalorian? It's really good. And it is really good. I was confused, so I reached out to you for some help. Right. You're confused about the timeline. It's like, well, does this take place before Boba Fett dies, but after the Death Star is destroyed? Like, how does that work? And it's like, oh, no, that's not Boba Fett. There's more than one of these guys like that look like Boba Fett. He's part of an order. Boba Fett was a Mandalorian, apparently, which I didn't know what the term was. Maybe was that is that a new term that was made up for... Big- Big storyline in um, Clone Wars, season four or five of Clone Wars. That, so yeah. Boba Fett is a and Jango and all that were part of the Order of the Mandalorians, right? It's some right, yeah. So this takes place five years after Jedi uh, Return of the Jedi, not Last Jedi. The Empire has fallen, but the Death Star is coming back or being rebuilt. I don't know what's happening. Like I thought, I heard that. In the second episode, maybe I heard it in the third episode, and I just spoiled something for you. I don't know. But um, long story short, yeah, it's a, I want uh, Baby Yoda in my life because I need Baby Yoda in my <laughs> life. And I know it's not Baby Yoda because Yoda's dead, obviously, but nobody knows what species Yoda is. Right. But he looks like it. We don't even know if it's male or female. Or, or, or non-binary. But we, know, we know it's 50 years old right. or 100 years old. It's 50, 50, years, 50 years, old. years old. Right. It's 50 years old. And um, it has force powers. Does it ever? Yeah. Sorry. And by the way, if you haven't seen it by by the first two episodes at least, fuck you. Because we're talking about The Mandalorian. And I want to talk about episode... Episode three was good. Each episode is nice because it doesn't it doesn't give you too much at once. So there's a funny moment towards the end of the third episode that you're going to enjoy. But uh, yeah, it, 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 you, you're getting to know more about this order of The Mandalorian... And that it's this guild that's... There's a guild. There's the Bounty Hunter Guild. And then there's the Mandalorian sect that are part of this guild of Bounty Hunters. But yeah, the Baby Yoda is like a a huge get. I think I'm going to go back and watch. When I say I have no time, but it's like... It was a big deal. It's like, hey, I watched these two Mandalorians. That's, I think, all I watched this week. But I want to now go back 
to watch the Clone War episodes where they have that Mandalorian arc, mm. you know, type thing. And it was, um, I think they were like the Secret Service or or they were like an adjacent planet or a moon planet around uh, Princess Amadana's like homeworld. Okay. And I think there was a split between the Mandalorians and her planet when the Empire came. So, yeah, so if they're talking about rebuilding the Death Star, because after Jedi, everybody thought that that was the fall of the Empire, and it was the fall of the Empire, but then, and that's chapter six, but in chapter seven, we find out that there's, uh, what do they call that? Is it the New Order? The New Order. The New Order, who also have a Death Star. Yeah, well, they talk about the New Order. Oh no, that's the New Republic. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm screwing things up. Yeah. So, but it's um, it's five years after Jedi. It's uh, it's awesome. It's created by John Favreau, so we know it's a which. Great yeah, movie. I didn't. You know, this is his first created by credit. I oh. think. you know, I, he has well a lot done. of done. Yeah, he has you know directorial credits. I didn't realize John Favreau directed the last Lion King movie and Jungle Book movies, the live, the quote unquote live action CGI movies, but. Um, yeah, he's in with Disney, and um, he's doing good so far. Uh, we'll say I like uh, I like seeing the the cameos and the credits of. You saw the first episode, obviously. Right. You know who the blue guy was? Horatio Sands. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And did you do you know who Brian Posehn is? Yeah, yeah. That he was the cab driver. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Where no. to? <laughs> no, no droids. And then they, the, 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 the Uber with the droid pulls away and then they pull up the... You actually hear the... <laughs> of the broken down cab that they have with the human right. droid. And it's Brian Poisson as the cab driver. That's great. And it's Stay off the ice. Got to be one of those things with just your buddies and your friends wanting in. Or, or people wanting into the Star Wars universe. It's like... Carl Weathers... He's the, the 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 guild leader, you know, the guy that that you know, he's Apollo Creed, but yep. he's also, you know, he's 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 throwing out pucks left and right, these bounty pucks. Um and then also the guy, I don't know, I forget his character's name, but the 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 person or the 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 guy who helps uh Mandalorian on the planet. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, you know, I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> that's Nick Nolte. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's got some heavy hitters in this show. So would, I was watching it with the boys, and then when the credits came up and it said, you know, written by, you know, John Favreau, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys know who that is? I'm like, no. I'm like, that's Happy Hogan. In their world, it's Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were like, oh, my God. I'm like, wow. So that's – so. Oh, one more thing while I chew through this candy. To feelings. <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm, I'm in a huge depression right now, so I really need this chocolate. To mask some of the, the sadness, um, we wa- we watched uh, Iron Man again, or I watched Iron Man again. Connor watched it apparently for the first time. I guess Connor had not seen the original Iron Man. Wow, movie, my son Connor. So yeah, and it's just it, it's really great. What uh, it's really funny because uh, we just rewatched it. I, I when I say rewatch it, it's not monthly. But I'll see that two or three times a year. Like, it, you know, on in the background. Like when I'm home, like cooking the boys' dinner or something like that. It, it is I, – I, I will never tired of seeing that. And we ended up backtracking recently. Have you seen Far From Home? Yep. 
You keep at- Okay, sorry. You ask me every podcast if I've seen Far From Home. Yes. So, so when, gonna when you fa- get my Far From Home, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Far From Home t-shirt and wear it to the next podcast. If um, so, when you when you go around the bar right after uh, you know Peter gives him Edith spoilers, <laughs> and, and and you see like all these people felt like they were wronged some way and, and from him now from whom. From Tony Stark. Yep. Uh, oh, who, who's the main back? I'm not, I'm awful with names. The actor. Oh, uh, well, Jeff Bridges. No, no, the, no, no. Um, and Far From Home. Who's the bad guy? Who's the, who's oh. Mysterio? Oh God, uh, Jude, uh, no, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Like he was not in Civil War. Like, but Tony did call his creation Barf. Like he gave it this acronym. But it's really funny because the guy who. Um, was controlling the droids, like the heavy set, like, you know, guy. He was the guy who, you know, Jeff Bridges had yelled at because he wanted to make the arc reactor, you he know, to miniaturize the arc miniature. reactor. He goes, you know, I'm not Tony Stark. It, no, it can't be done. It's my, impossible. <laughs> Tony Stark built this thing in a cave with spare parts, <laughs> with scrap metal. I'm not Tony Stark. That that that's always been one of my because here's an entire team that it was right on. They really let you know how brilliant he was. It, and the and again, John Favreau started the MCU. If if that movie doesn't do as well as it does, we you talked know, about that last week. But we, yeah. No, no, but but yeah. now with the Mandalorian, I mean, this guy, it's it's incredible. Like. Needs more women, you know. Um, I saw that point on Twitter, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't even enjoy Mandalorian." Does it? You know. <laughs> anyway, well, it's just like there was a person on Twitter who's like, "By the way, it's like I like the Mandalorian." It's just like, but it's unfortunate that so far it seems to perpetuate this patriarchy of like men run everything, men run the bar, men run this, men. I'm like, then like, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Can I just watch a fucking space? And it's not it's not done. It's the first two episodes. Well, well the well, first episode. Okay, so so spoiler alerts on the first episode. Ninety percent of the episode is him, Nick Nolte apparently, and Jawas. That that is that not oh I'm sorry. I lied. Um there was the droid bounty hunter who had a crucial part in the first episode. But there's not I mean It's you, a thin cast. You can count on one hand, the number of characters had more than two lines in it. And by the way, the person who forges the metal into the you know the armor for the Mandalorian is female. Female, right? right. Not and, that and she's running anything. No, I guess, but that but, was a huge yeah. arc. You know that 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 was that was probably the scene with the most amount of dialogue. Mm-hmm. That wasn't literally. He gets in the cab. And he goes, and, and you know, with that alien creature. Yeah. And but like I said, it's all Jawas. That's the second episode. The, right? Oh, okay, yeah, right, right. And the second episode starts off with the Baby Yoda, you know, escort mission, <laughs> and it's it's like uh, almost nonverbal the first the, the, ten minutes, right? Yeah. And so, so, and we don't know about Yoda whether it is uh, male or female. Who knows? So, and by the way, it takes place five years after Star Wars, which was kind of patriarchal. You know, what are you going to do? It's like that joke um, from Family Guy's first uh, Blue Harvest uh, special, the, the parody for Star Wars. Princess Leia, see, you know, Lois as Princess Leia sees the other female general or somebody like giving directions when they're trying to determine where the vulnerability of the Death Star is. And Lois as Leia says, uh, she's the only other woman in the universe and I hate her. 
that was awesome. Um, I ha- I haven't seen it yet, but all over Twitter, and I I knew it was going to happen, but I could only watch the two out of three Mandalorians this week. But finally, on the Titans, um, we we've ushered in the age of Nightwing, and, uh. and so we're at the end of season two, and you know it started off basically. You know, Dick Grayson still is Robin, but he has broken off from Batman five years earlier. And he's a he's a detective, but he does go out at night on his own still as Robin, but he's in a different city. He's in Bloodhaven and all this stuff. Towards the middle of that season, you find out he's been replaced by Jason Todd, and so he won't wear the costume again. And... Uh, but it's all over Twitter. And it looks great. It's like it, it's one of those you know big reveals, like with the new Batman coming out. It's like you know the costume and the car are two are as are as important to geeks like me as much as who's under the cowl. Speaking of cars, have you seen the new Tesla, the, the Cybertruck? The, the the tank looking. It looks like a DeLorean. If I only, if I only had. Four pieces of metal to make look like a DeLorean. <laughs> Somebody compared it to one of the original Apple mouses. Oh, that's funny. Because it's the, just the slope. like It's just the straight slope. A lot of people on Twitter are <clears throat> comparing it to like PS1 graphic racers, you know, like <laughs> like that. Have you seen it, though? It looks like something out of Logan's run. And, and, right. And you want whoever gets out of it to be dressed like... In, in the 50s, what they thought space people was going right. to be wearing. Yeah, you want Marty McFly to in pop the year out. Of- <laughs> yeah. No, I saw it. It's uh, stupid looking. It, but I saw so many people like Greg Grunberg and uh, Chris Titus, you know, Titus, loving the thing. Like, yeah, but how do I get it? <laughs> yeah, but they're, Christopher Titus is a Tesla cuck. I mean, for crying out yeah. loud. I mean, if he could blow Elon Musk daily, I don't think he would turn that opportunity yeah, down. I think you're right, right. You know, I mean, it could be a great car. Somebody they did show video. Elon Musk released video of the guy, one of his engineers, throwing a metal ball at the uh, at the glass the window of the side, like the, where the, the the driver's side window is, and it bounces off of it. So it's like, okay, is this the precursor to the Batmobile? Is this yeah, is, is he is making this... the Batmobile? I'm I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so by the way, when the Tumblr came out, so where do I get this? <laughs> when the first thing came, when the when the you know the new Batmobile came out, it wasn't exactly like was it was it universally accepted or was it kind of like no? I think people I think people liked it. And in, in fun fact, merging my two favorite worlds together, um, I remember it was a big reveal. It was a big reveal on the scale like the. You know, three fifth scale model of the Millennium Falcon that they actually built for um, Episode Sorry. Seven. Oh yeah, um, Force Awakens. The Tumblr is part of the Millennium Falcon on the back bottom of it. Oh wow! And, and it was really funny because it was this great pan, and I'll, I'll, if I can find it, if, if I can remember it, I'll post it. Um, it's a scan of the Millennium Falcon and it's the Star Wars music. And then as it kind of turns around and you're coming out through the bottom to see it, it, the music slowly turns into the Chris Nolan Batman like music. And you can clearly see the outlook. Like if you didn't know to look for it, you know, it's like one of those things where I don't know the first person who looked up in the sky and says, 
that looks like a pan. I'm going to call that the Big Dipper where everybody else in humanity looked up and it says, okay, friend. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? uh, but once you knew what it was. So anyway, sorry. That's funny. But yeah, I, I, I think people liked it. But uh, yeah, these car, pe- car people are geeking out. I'm not a car guy, you know. Over. <laughs> good that we good that we wrap that up. Um, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen gave a speech the other day. He got an award at uh, I don't even know the the Anti Defamation League. Thank you. Did you hear his speech? And like when you see his movies and how he's an amazing actor. He's an incredible. The fact that he doesn't break. And, and, and there's a there's a uh, a TV show that he does now called The Spy, and it's about like an Iranian um, Israeli spy. I guess it's really good, but I haven't watched it yet. But it's like a dramatic non sound funny. Yeah, right. But he gave. Did you hear about the speech that he gave? Did you see a clip? I on saw it? clips of it. And I saw transcriptions of it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking powerful and amazing. And in the world of when 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 did the not the fake news like. You know, the the woman who's like, oh, I believe both sides of the science type thing. You, well, you can't like, fucking believe both sides of the science to global warming. Oh, right, you, like you know? Elliot Conway's alternative facts. Al- right. That was the word I was trying to think of. Alternative facts and all this. And he was saying comedy words. I'll, I'll sum it up. And he was saying the danger of a world with alternative facts and a world in which uh, with, you know the climate deniers and the earth is – burning and and somebody um you know the woman who he appointed to some you know, un or something like it's like oh i believe both sides of science it's like those are two completely totally opposite you know thing like you know, one's, you know, a, one's a truth and one's a lie right and so he was saying comedy works because we all know like if you're making a joke about the moon landing not happen. It's funny because, of course, the fucking moon landing happened. If you want to make a joke, you know, about the Holocaust, it works because everybody's in the know that, yeah, this really happened type thing. And he said a couple, like, other examples. And he's like, but now the the way it's trending, the misinformation that not only is being put out there, but being who's putting misinformation out there and how much it's being propagated, we are now... Things aren't funny because we're the questioning basic facts, you know. Yeah, he's really taking the task. Facebook, Google, you know, obviously YouTube, uh, Twitter, all these social media platforms that are not just—it's not like Craigslist or even Craigslist is like um, monitored, so that you know they—if there's like you know somebody wants to like prostitute children, you can't because it's against the law. Um, not that so-called, you know. And so not that hate speech right now is really against the law. I'm kind of going off on the rails here. But what I'm trying to say is that Sasha Baron Cohen's point is Facebook isn't just opening this up so that anybody can post anything. And it's just luck of the draw as to what you see because you're just following whomever. It's also being weaponized and targeted towards people based on your likes and your feedback to Facebook. You tell Facebook you like certain things. Their algorithms are going to take, whether it's true or not, these types of posts and target it towards you so that you only see these types of posts. And eventually that becomes your new reality. So if you are a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist and you kind of lean towards that and you let Facebook know that, they're going to say, hey, we got some white supremacists over on this side of the, 
the internet. You want to look at these? Here, no, we're not even asking you. Here. Here you go. We'll yeah. Look at we're these. We're just going to put them in your feed for you. Right. And and by the way, uh, they allow, you know, I, I think up until, I don't know if, it, if it's even happening now or for whatever. Um, try again, Joe. Facebook is obviously charging uh, these these sites a, a premium to boost your post, you know, right. so that you they you can target if you are like a conspiracy theorist, you can boost your post so that they'll push your propaganda out to people who are more susceptible to that and who um, so that you'll they'll see it faster and um, yeah, that's what they're talking about and I like what. He said in his speech where he said, freedom of speech is not freedom of reach. You right. know, just because in America you have the ability and the right so that the government can't come down on you for saying that, you know, oh, only white people should be allowed to rule the world or whatever. That doesn't mean that Facebook can tolerate that sort of speech on their platforms and and use it to make money off of it as well. So... There's a there's a there's a delineation there, and then you, I saw like Rob Schneider's like a you know right wing guy. Yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, he was on Twitter last night, and he was saying, you know, I can't believe I have to say this again, but you know, uh, if you want freedom of speech, you have to allow everybody to say anything that they want, and you know, you can't l- let these corporations um, dictate what can and can't be said. And it's like, dude, that's not. What's happening? Like, are you are you that stupid? Like, you know that well, that's not what's happening here. Well, the the whole freedom of speech, and I won't use the old adage: you can't run into a movie theater and yell fire type thing. Same thing. It 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 was it was. I first heard about the flat Earth movement picking up steam about four or five years ago, and the and the percentage of people who are now. You know, either A, believing it, or just as bad, well, I don't really think the earth is flat, but they bring up some good point type things. And how much you can't have a science teacher going in front of a middle school class propagating, okay, well, there's two sides to the science here, and these scientists, that's not. That that's not freedom of speech, and, and that's not that's not taking away that teacher's right for freedom of speech. But that guy doesn't have the right to be in a position to miss him from you know, and and the last time Zuckerberg was questioned, and it was a congressional hearing, and I believe it was AOC who was kind of grilling him, and about what have you done since two thousand sixteen till now to. This misinformation, this because we are, we're not at war. I don't think we're at war because we would have to be doing the same thing to Russia, but Russia is still doing the exact same thing. And she was like, "What? It, what checkpoints are being done to make sure that misinformation isn't being propagated? You know, on your platform." And he mentioned, and she was prepared for it. And, and forgive me for not knowing this, it wasn't Breitbart, but they basically hired a company that let's say has a Breitbart kind of um, loosey relationship <laughs> with the truth and stuff like, and she had, it's like, Oh, well here's all the times that they've been cited for, you know, propagating 
themselves propagating, you know, misinformation and stuff like that and and stuff. But anyways, it was um yeah, but it stands for Baron Cohen is bringing up good points, and they'll be ignored next week when President Trump says something about how he wrote the Constitution. Right, and and how many people will believe him? Like, how many people, if if he says, like, I wrote the con- last night, I wrote the Constitution. Here it is, and reads it on the air. How many of his supporters will go to Wikipedia and rewrite it that in 2019 that you know mm-hmm. L.J. Trump, you know, you know, wrote that. Um, but let's move on to something positive. Uh, I am uh, Joe. I'm leaving my wife um, uh, to uh, her. to to <laughs> to date um, Fiona Hill's uh, brain and accent. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I don't have to have any kind of relationship with her at all. But if I can find a way to just marry an accent, well, that's like the movie Her, where Joaquin Phoenix plays the guy who falls in love with the AI on his phone. Yeah, so you just need you just want like a Siri that sounds like Fiona Hill and thinks like Fiona Hill that you can talk to and maybe have sex with. <laughs> oh, you know, virtually. Um, how much, Why'd you go there, Joe? How much of her? T- no, please do because now I'm thinking about. Hey, Joe's on to something there. Um, how much of her testimony did you hear? Zero. Sorry, I missed it. Okay. Have you heard any recaps about her? No, I. I yeah, I. No, I I don't I don't employ you, Joe, to go back and listen to some recaps. Listen to the whole fucking goddamn thing from minute to minute, and and I won't I won't recap the whole thing. But let's just say she's really fucking smart. I mean, crazy smart. And it was the end of a second week of really bad testimony for um, for the Republicans. Who's Fiona Hill, by the way? Fiona Hill. Is a part of the U.S. National Security Council, specializing on Russian and European affairs, ah. and she's a you know one of these another career diplomat, and she's been in her post for a very long time. I'm going to backtrack, and I'm only going to mention Sondland's testimony for a few minutes. Sondland was the guy who bribed his way to an ambassadorship, and I guess that kind of stuff happens. Um, he he. The great thing is. He's not. He was not a never Trumper. He was a supporter of Jeb Bush. But after Blotus became the nominee for the Republicans, he was one of these guys who gave a million dollars. He's a um, a hotel magnate from Portland, and he had given a million dollars to the Trump inaugural campaign committee, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. He got this ambassadorship. He got this ambassadorship, like uh, of the EU. Not of Ukraine, but he got embroiled in the whole Ukraine thing. He was in the middle, and he was one of these guys who his first time he gave testimony in a statement said, nope, no quid pro quo. There was nothing, blah, 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 all this stuff, and then all these facts came to life, like people who were sitting next to him in the same meetings over in the Ukraine, and and he was able to – Amend his statement and amend his deposition. It was one of those things. Oh, right. uh, you know, now that I've heard this other people speak, it's oh, not- side show, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. And so he got. So he testified this week, and it's like, okay, well, he, you know, he amended his thing. He still straddled the line between saying stuff not to insult or not to. 
throwing Trump on the train, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, incriminating. Yeah, but at the same time, saying, "Oh well, now that my members refresh, yes, these things happen." Well, he came in his testimony and he just lit the place on fire within the first couple minutes. He lit on fire, and, and there was a couple, you know, embellishments here and there. So, anyways, so the next day, Fiona comes in, and she just amazingly composed, so smart, like. Within the first 13 seconds, you realized there was not a close second for the smartest person in the room. I've never seen a fact witness so well prepared. And she cited, oh, you know, I heard the testimony. I went back. I went back for my deposition and the articles that different senators gave her in depositions. Are you familiar with this? She read them. She reread them. She had them with them. She was so crazy organized. You know, and one of the highlights is there was this um, discrepancy between Sunland saying that you know, or, or the rumors that she had this big argument with Sunland. Basically, and I'll, and I'll wrap it up pretty quick. She politely and honestly said, "Yeah, he and I had battles because you know I'm in charge of how the ambassadors act and what we're doing and policy and this and that, and that he wasn't." You know, basically following orders. And it's come to light that, yes, he was following orders, but he had different orders. He wasn't getting his orders from the State Department. He wasn't getting his orders from the from the chain. He was following the orders of Blotus and Rudy Giuliani, and he was on his mission in the in the Ukraine specifically was different than the mission of the State Department, and that's and I and she said she basically feels bad now because she didn't realize she honestly didn't realize he was serving a different agenda a comp- that wasn't privied to everybody else down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been ahead, and she started right off by saying flat out and in the most clear, like unlike anything I've ever said on this podcast, <laughs> very clear and succinct. Yes, Russia cheated hacked. This is how they did it. The Russian propaganda from day one has always been, nope, it was Ukraine who did it, which made no sense. And here's why. But here are the Russian talking points. Here are the Russian talking points agenda. And here is how they are completely debunked instantaneously. Now, there are some people in this Congress who I see questioning who are saying word for word what the Russian ministry is putting out there, and it is preposterous getting back to the Sasha Cohen. Having alternative facts, especially alternative facts that you can say have a point in an agenda, you know, it's not like it's not like misinformation because you're stupid. It's not like, oh, I believe that the earth is flat because I'm a fucking idiot who never seen, you know. It used to be called propaganda. Right. But and and she pointed out exactly it's like these are the dates. That the Russian ministry put out these talking points. And these are the dates that they started to be talked about here. I want to flash forward. With Sondland, the best thing about his testimony is Fox News the next day couldn't say he's a never Trumper. You know, he was a huge he tried to take he tried to take as many bullets as he could. It got to the point where, like I said, he was at a roundtable discussion. And the other nine people have testified. He testified first, and then the other nine people have the same story counteracting what he had said. And at this point, he couldn't. 
his bulletproof vest was basically out of Kevlar. <laughs> Thank you. Right. It was just it was all bullet. <laughs> uh, and so the Fox News people who who have and the and she even said and other people have said the woman who the, the former Ukraine ambassador who was being bullied by you know Lotus we talked about last week in real time on Twitter being witness intimidated in real time the the absolute slamming of these career people who've been in this position 20 30 years who've worked under four five sometimes six administrations you know toggling between the two parties um and she said very honestly yeah there's times when you know my personal feelings have been at odds with an administration but my job is to get the administration thing at the same time keep peace around the world type thing so it became obvious that with her, with Fiona Hill, you, you weren't going to find any flaws in her theory. You weren't going to be able to pick apart her credibility and you weren't going to be able to use her to discredit Sondland from the day before because basically there was a, a couple discrepancies what she was saying, what he was saying. And she as politely as could be pointed out. It's like, look at who he is. Look at how he embellished. You know, uh, it's, it's like, yes, when he said we had coffee on the last day, it's like, well, we couldn't have had, there's no coffee machines on our floor, you know, but we bumped into each other water cooler and, and, and you know, these kind of things. Yeah. What was really funny about his testimony is there's a rapper that the Kardashians wanted Want Blotus to intervene, and somebody I think he's in Sweden or Switzerland, and he was arrested. Oh, is it ASAP Rocky? Thank you. And to hear this seventy-year-old white guy talk about like in the phone call, a dollar sign app Rocky that he was like asked anyway. So he uh-huh. had a, so it was it was how wasn't Leno brought up? Well, I don't know. I don't remember that. Okay, I saw that on Twitter. So one of the guys who had testified before Sondland said he heard this conversation. They were at a table, but Blolus was talking so loud on the phone, you know, and he, he and he was holding away from his ear. And they were basically, well, how do you know it was Blolus? like, well, his voice, well, what was he saying? It's like, and the guy had like the whole thing and he kept breaking up that rapper that wasn't in this guy's original testimony. And they're like, because originally it goes, how could he know who I was talking to and how – and this guy's a show off. He he bought an ambassadorship. He's wanted to be an ambassador his whole life. Um, and it, it is what it is. But sticking on Fiona, my favorite part is that after a while, three or four Republicans, when it was their turn to question her, um, made a statement and then got up and stormed off. Like they were making a big show. Like they weren't going to ask her a question because they know – they're fucked. And you saw the, the newness face, you know, that went around the, the internet. It was that times five. So after, by the time the third person made his throw out this, this I'm wrong but loud guy type thing and scream and get emotional and storm off, she was so polite and she's like, you know, may I? You know, and 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 the and the congressperson yielded his time back. So once you yield your time back, your mic's cut. That's yeah. it. You know, and so she's like, you know, may I respond to that? And he didn't want a response. He wanted to throw out his shit, drop the mic, and leave. And and, and she pointed out, you know, in the most eloquent way you possibly could, how her being here isn't by choice. Her being here, she was told not to buy in the State Department. 
her being here is her duty as an American citizen, as the person and her position who sees things being done the wrong way that don't hurt us today but hurt us tomorrow and the next day. And she literally called them out for storming off like little children. And again, in the most calm, professional, polite, eloquent way possible. And that's when I, you know, when the third person did it, I ended up putting on Twitter, this is why women can't testify. They get all emotional. When they're wrong, they start yelling. When they're painted into a corner, they become belligerent and insulting and uncontrollable. And I'm just guessing it's that time of the... Wait, hold on. Being told it's a bunch of old white Republicans act. And I did. And I'm like, AKA, Brett Kavanaugh. Like, when's the last time you've seen and I'm and I and I mean this, the gods are it's because the 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 woman ambassador last week had said the same thing. Yovanovich. Yovanovich and Hill saying the same thing. It's like, yes, I know if I raise my voice. Because she actually said if she's in a meeting and she's raised her voice, it goes out that she was out of control. Well, it's the Jackie Robinson syndrome. Right. You know, he has he's the first black baseball player. You have to be three you have to be like like basically Jesus decided he wanted to play major league baseball. Yes. Turn the other right. cheek and then turn five other cheeks. <laughs> and you better hit above 300. Yes. And so at least you're I hope home you like fans. the N word because <laughs> you're going to hear it off an awful lot. An awful From your lot. own teammates. <laughs> but, but yeah, she was beyond wonderful. And the only thing, the only thing that Fox News and the right had after two weeks of just. And here's a great thing Sunland came in with emails, with memos, you know, with meeting notes saying, well, I know they're going to say this didn't happen, but here it is in this. Um, and she, uh, but, but with Hill, she, she, she wrapped it all up. It was perfect. The only thing I liked almost as much as the Republicans decided um, to have a stunt. They, they did not pay for the front row seat so they could drape a John 316 sign in front of them. But one of these ass clowns had a huge, um, an easel with a sign on it that says zero day since, you know, Adam Schiff told them. Adam Schiff, uh, like, what was it? Adam Schiff, uh, followed the rules, follow the rules, you know, um, or, or whatever, yes, which, which right. the way it was worded, it was like, okay, so we followed them yesterday. So today's the first day he hasn't. It's like, yeah, right. They, they couldn't even get that right. Like, if you're going to sl- right. It was supposed to be like zero days without an or how many days without an accident, you right? Know, kind of thing. And and it's like, okay, so you just said he's done a great job up until this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're just that's like when Dennis Miller is their biggest comedian going after. But uh-huh. all Fox News had in the right hat is why are so many of these people in our State Department in high ranking positions nationalized citizens? Like why are you know because the the colonel lieutenant colonel from last week Vinman you know came here three years old served in the military for twenty plus years wounded in battle in Afghanistan but let's really question where his you know his, uh, patriotism yeah, right, his, really lies yeah right uh, yep like right. He, you know uh, his him and his two brothers career military guys all served over there but like let, let the guys on fox news you know question you know question him mm-hmm. and and same thing with hill same thing with sunland you know son of you know holocaust surviving immigrants and that's all they, they couldn't 
they couldn't shoot one hole in anything she said in her like 10 hours of testimony. All they could do is say, well, she's a foreigner. Like that was their whole thing. But she eviscerated them in so many different ways, pointing out and, – and then she, uh, again, so succinctly, eloquently pointed out this is what Russia's goal is. It wasn't to have – you know, Donald Trump win necessarily. It was, yes, it'd be Any, great if whatever he president. won. Yeah. But they also were sowing such dissension that if Hillary had won, they'd be able to question her legitimacy the whole way through. They don't really care who wins. They just want us fighting with each other and tearing ourselves apart so badly. And that's what they've been able to do so successfully. You know, he's a lot like Elizabeth Warren, that Putin. He's got a plan for everything. <laughs> he really does. Oh, um, so you know, yes. you and I are not all that different. <laughs> uh, you know, so Senator Warren. The, the last two quick things. There's been – so Lindsey Graham has officially opened an investigation on the Bidens. And what is so – tragic about that and please tell me you've been on twitter for more than five seconds I, oh i've seen the video of lindsey graham in the backseat of a car talking to a reporter i think it would have, to have been a couple of years ago or it was it was like right around the election or right after the election and he's his eye he, he's getting way emotional about how wonderful of a human being and how compassionate of it and i could there is not a nicer person in washington than joe biden and how his son. His son had died, and he, he was, he you know, he was having trouble going through some stuff. But he had to pull it together, and and uh, Lindsey Graham sympathized with him, and just was. I, I didn't, you know, I don't remember all the details of what he was saying, but it was like this two minute, a very teary eyed, emotional, um, just recap of how much admiration he had for Joe Biden because of what a great human being he was. Cut to now. He's opening an investigation on the uh, on on behalf the, on behalf of the president of the United States that he works for and loves so much. Apparently, more than Biden. It's it's honestly, <laughs> if if Joe Biden just took that Lindsey Graham thing and used that as a campaign ad, just played it verbatim. Yeah. You know, here it is. Here, I approve this message. <laughs> you know, right. Take the whole thing and then Joe Biden that should, should come out and I approve that message. It's like what what the, I mean. It's you can't you can't have more than a hundred and eighty degree turn. You know what I mean? You can't. But it's like Batman said, right? You, you just what is it? You don't want to. You live long enough to. Yeah, you oh. you 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 either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was said by Harvey Dent. That's right. No, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was no, Harvey, no, it was said by was it Harvey Dent? It was oh, Harvey Dent at the at Knight. the table, right? Oh, I can't remember that actor's name, but he's great. Oh, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Thank you for smoking. Have you ever seen that? No, but I know about it. Yeah, so fucking good. But yeah, the and the just the last thing, the last again, I like the last two. So Tater Tot wrote a book that it has come out that the RNC has spent ninety six. Trader Tot, you mean by Trader Tot, right? Donald, Donald, Donald Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Thank you. The, the RNC has spent $96,000 buying up copies of the book to make it a New York seller, New York bestseller. Well, that's what that cross means on the New York Times bestseller list. Seriously, like if you looked at the list, and I saw this on Twitter because an author pointed it out, there at the end of the list, there's like a, a little parentheses or a cross symbol. And that means – oh, it's a dagger. It's, an, it's like a dagger type of symbol. It looks like a cross. But basically that's like – 
you know, code for these books. The, the books were bought in bulk to boost the sales numbers. Like that's what that means. Wow. So it's yeah. Like I'm, you know, authors have done that in the past to boost their numbers. Uh, but of course, of course, Donald Trump Jr.'s. But what was it? He got the RNC to buy the uh, ninety-six, almost a hundred thousand dollars on you know just to buy his book. Mm-hmm. Because sadly, you only need to sell about twenty thousand books to be a bestseller right now. Right. Uh, the only other thing, speaking of Joe, Joe Biden, it's like who is he placating to? And this, and this is where it comes into: Do we really need? An almost 80-year-old white dude running for president because he came out this week and said if he was president, he will not legalize marijuana. Yeah, this is where, you know, remember when John McCain was running for president before, you know, he got the nomination and before Sarah Palin and all that shit? You started to see, like, John McCain, you know, he was a war hero and, yeah, you you know— you know, you didn't might not have agreed with him if you were on the left, but you respected the man. And as you run for president, things start to change. You start to like there's a different tone in your speech, and there's a different message that you, you're sending out about who you are and what you want to, uh, what your platform is. And Joe Biden is falling into that, and it's just I guess with a with these bigger candidates, with these leading candidates and these career politicians or whatever you want to call them, they. They fall into like Hillary Clinton, you know, same thing. Right. You know, she started to become more centrist, you know, and 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 then, you know, it took Bernie Sanders and his movement to push her further to the left so that she could, you know, combat I mean, that. That was the best thing about him staying in as long as he did, that she couldn't go too far to, to the middle. Right. And, oh, well, I think, and, you know. and Joe Biden, you know, okay, it's no secret that he's an older white guy and he's out, he's probably out of touch on a couple of things. Um, would he be a fine candidate? If you were to be nominated, uh, yeah. yes, yeah, he would be great. But at the same time, right? What, what do you? What's the end game by saying you're not going to legalize? But then he, in the in the debate, he said he wouldn't. De- he would decriminalize marijuana. So it's kind of like I don't understand. Talking what, out of both, yeah, both sides of his mouth. It's like, yeah, you're you're not you're not cozying up to the black and brown voters who are being thrown into jail, as Cory Booker said during the debate for. Marijuana charges, like that's why marijuana. That's basically the main reason why right. the illegalization of marijuana is still in, in, intact in a lot of states. It's because police officers can use that to, you know, as probable cause or as a, as a gateway drug <laughs> to get into further things. Well, if they have marijuana. What else do they have? You know, right. or while we were, or while we were searching and d- discovering that they had marijuana in the car, we also found this, this, and this. Right, you know, um, but yeah, why would Joe Biden say so, that? So, my question to you, and this is a serious question: Uh-oh. who, who's on the fence that might vote for Blotus versus might vote for Joe Biden? Who that would be a tipping point for? Versus how many people are in Joe Biden's camp who are like, well, fuck it, I just won't. I, I'm not going to vote for Blotus, but I'm, I'm not going to go vote for this guy. I mean. Millennials? Is he going after millennials? I mean, wh- I mean, th- no, th- literally. I mean, it's like who does taking that stance a tr- pull into your camp, Joe Biden, versus pushes out of your camp? Yeah, I guess uh, with that, I, mean, I, really I think attracting. With, well, I think with that, that, you got to follow the money. Right. Honestly, like with anything that everybody says, a lot of times. I mean, sometimes it's like, yeah, it's their campaign managers. 
that are propagating certain. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're giving me the crack cone cane. <laughs> the, right, keep it uh, away from. What? Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, with something like marijuana legalization, is like, is that is he trying? To, are there police officers, or is there is he that right that are? Is he trying to get the cop vote? I don't know. Like, is he trying not to? I, I don't know. I don't know where. Maybe he's getting a lot of money from police, police, police unions, and they want the they want marijuana to stay, you but, know, but illegal. For, you, for him to win, uh, he needs a youth vote. He needs he needs eighteen to thirty two year olds to go fucking vote. I mean, seriously, you need you need well, but you, we know who you need. You know what I mean? For him to win, good luck. But but you're going to keep that demographic away. I, I just thought it was a, a stupid thing. Biden's never. I don't know. I don't know if Biden is going to get the youth vote for the primaries. He's just not. No, but I mean in the general. But right. If he were to be nominated, if he were to be nominated, right. Uh, and you know what? You you brought it up, and uh, I, I want to expand on that. The fact that when people are like, oh, you can't be too extreme. You know, the, the the whole Green New Deal and Bernie's too extreme and maybe Elizabeth Warren is too extreme. Why is it that nobody says – and I mean think about this. Think about how extreme the other side is. The other side's entire campaign is I'm going to build a 1,500-mile fence – Taking over property. I'm sorry. Uh, built 1,500 mile what? Wall. 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 Sorry. Build the I'm wall. Gonna, I'm going to build a 1,500 mile wall. I don't care if I go through farmlands, go through rivers, have to take property by eminent domain. I'm going to. If there, you tell me, and and, and the cost of building that wall pales in comparison. I mean, literally, if that if that if the wall was to be built to the specs that they promised that it was going to be built, versus Medicare for all. And forgiveness of all college debt. Forgiveness of all college debt and Medicare for all is actually cheaper than building a 1,500 mile, you know, 10 foot wall, you know. That does nothing. And so the extreme policies. So how come, and I mean this, where are the CNNs? Where are the, you know, uh, um, MSNBCs? Where are the Rachel Maddows who are saying, fuck that? Don't go extreme because literally he got people to come and vote who have never voted because of the extremeness. Don't be afraid. Like you're going to get these votes anyway. But that's the thing. No one says when they throw out the crazy shit on the other side that, you know, uh, no, no, you you have to come more to the middle. Who who has ever told – and I mean this in like the last – Ever cycles, when do you remember? Because this whole building a wall thing has been the number one campaign for McCain. You know, Romney picked it up, you know, and Blotus, you know, even ran with it further. But how come nobody on their side says, well, we got to pull these guys back to the middle? You know, and again, it's Elizabeth Warren can come up with a quick graph to show this is what the wall would cost. This is what college forgiveness cost. This is what the wall cost. This is what Medicare call cost. And you don't die because you can't afford your heart medicine with Medicare for all. How does building the wall help you? Yeah, and I know, and I think I know the answer to that. I think I know why Democrats want the Republican vote or the the, the more central vote, and the Republicans are not as afraid to uh, lose Democrat votes. Or uh, like le- left-leaning votes, 
the the districts in the United States um, are gerrymandered to favor Republicans. Right. So when it comes down to it, as we all know from 2016, how the Electoral College works, the voting in this country is rigged already in the Republicans' favor because of gerrymandering. So a lot of those swing states are favored towards a more centrist slash right-wing side. So if you lose, you know, if you if you go too far to the left, you turn off those voters. So the Democrats, unfortunately, because of the way it's rigged right now, the Democrats need those right-wing or those red and purple votes way more than Republicans right. need the blue votes because it's 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 in their favor. There are it's it's home court advantage essentially for the Republicans because of the gerrymandering. Ta-da! Thank you. No, it makes sense. It is. It it you know. Um, thank you. Uh, the last thing I, I saw that I skipped over it, like in my note, that um, you know somebody had pointed out if Lindsey Graham and the president were so upset, what happened with the Bidens? Uh, for two years, they had the House, they had the Senate. How come investigating the Bidens? And that's a, oh, the both sides do. It's like no, this is that's that's your distraction. That's your mudding up the waters. If if this had offended them so bad, if this is what they were over in Ukraine really doing, and the fun thing is, um, uh, it, it, it's happened tw- it, it's happened twice in the past. Uh, in the past week, uh, Rudy Giuliani, I don't know if you followed this, Rudy Giuliani did an on-air interview with The Guardian. He joked, he jokes, he's a joker, that, yeah, he has all his ducks in a row in case Blotus throws him under the bus. Hmm. If Blotus turns on him, he has all the information. Complete joke, complete joke. He made that same joke on Fox yesterday. Huh. Uh, on Friday, uh, yes, on Friday, he made the same joke about yeah, if because so many of these people who testified said yes, I was following the orders of Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani came over, and this is what was going on in Ukraine. So many people, and 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 it was great because somebody said like, you know, or, you know, one of the memes I saw, you know, on Twitter, Sunland saying, you know, oh, you know. Rudy, this is my friend Bus. He'd like you to get on the now. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and flat out like his opening statement. And so now that that is the you know that is a purveying um, thought that it's like yeah, it all all the last layer of defense is Giuliani at this point, and um, he's made it clear publicly, just joking, that if Blotus turns on him, that that's that that's what's going to happen. Hmm. So. So good that, for him. Yeah. Now, do you do you up for doing a self indulgent theater doing white and nerdy? All right. So what am I going to just pull up this white and nerdy on karaoke and sing it and, and sing it uh, as what like a Bernie Sanders or oh Bernie Bernie be good. Uh, the He's whole thing is Bernie white and nerdy. You know what? You want to mix in some of your other some of my other favorite voices. You you go right. Ahead. This is gonna this is gonna suck, but See, right. yes, but it's going to be awesome. It'll be our sucking. All right. Well. Let's see how it goes. They see me mowing my front lawn. 
I know they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. I want to roll with the gangsters. And so far, they all think I'm too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. I'm just too white and nerdy. Really, really white and nerdy. First of my class here at MIT. Got skills, I'm a champion in GMD. MC Yesha, that's my favorite MC. Keep it 40, I'll just have an old gray tea. My rims never spin to the contrary. You'll find that they're quite stationary. All of my action figures are cherry. Stephen Hawking's in my library. My MySpace page is all totally bimped out. Got people begging for my top eight spaces. Yo, I don't pie to a thousand places. Ain't got no grills, but I still wear braces. I order all my Sandwiches, mayonnaise, I'm a wizard, mind sweeper, I can play you for days and once you speed sweet moves, you'll see what made me. Because moves so fast, like the things blazing and no killer rap I haven't run. At Pascal, well, I'm number one. Do vector calculus just for fun. I ain't got a gap, but I got a soldering gun. Happy days is my favorite theme song. I'll sure kick a button to game of ping pong. I'll quiz and there'll be a quiz you bring on. I'm fluent in JavaScript as well as Klingons on. So as I had said earlier, where there's no podcast next week, and I highly suggested Joe to uh, just do a, a mashup of all the songs he's written for the show and all the self-indulgent theaters. And it's funny because at one point, you know, when he started to do this, I had a text upstairs to management, you know, about like the plans post podcast. And she's like, leave me alone. I'm trying to listen to Joe sing White and Nerdy as Bernie Sanders, uh, which which was great that she picked up on that. Uh, White and Nerdy, that is the first hit that Weird Al put out that I didn't know the song that was being. I, I mean, I mean, it, that's that's the point where I went from I know music. I'm up with what the kids are listening to today. My finger's on the pulse, too. What the hell? It's a great song. I, had I that, don't know what he's covering. I had that with Yoda. Did you really? Because I, you know, it came out oh, in 85. Yeah. And Lola is a 70s song about a transvestite. Um, so. From which, which band? Oh, it's from the Kinks. Um, One of the most underrated bands of all time. Right. But I hadn't I heard Lola like in the nineties after well after Yoda. Um, same with like MacArthur Park parodies, uh, the Jurassic Park parody. Right, right. I hadn't heard MacArthur Park. It's a seventies. See, so I, I knew everything before that. Yeah, you know. But but we hit white and nerdy, and, and I'm like, yeah. and, and it's a parody of Ryden. Uh, it's a, it's it's Ryden dirty or no, no, it's Ryden. It's called Ryden. Right. By Chameleonaire. I haven't heard much from Chameleonaire lately. <laughs> it's almost as bad as um, Rico Suave oh. and uh, Gerardo. And it's funny because it was a huge song. It definitely warranted a Weird Al song. The great thing is, or, or the yeah, I guess maybe the sad thing is, there aren't great artists. Like, there's not a ton of great artists that he can do songs of that have a longevity or a catalog. You know, that was my favorite quote. My favorite Weird Al quote was from David Grohl, who talked about they they were on a plane on the way to playing a huge festival in, in Brazil. It was the first time they were playing in front of a crowd of 100,000 people. Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, pre, pre, you know, pre um, Foo Fighters. But they were on their way, and they were so jacked up because they're like, wow, this is big. We're on a private plane being flown to this thing to play. Somebody had played them, uh, Smells Like Nirvana, and that's when that, and David Grohl's like, that's when we knew we made it. Wasn't going and playing this festival. Cause he, and he said, he goes, Weird Al. And, and at, at the time, you run through the songs. 
It's Michael Jackson. Right. Eat it fat. It's Madonna. It it is yep. the biggest of the big. You know, and now yes. And so so you you put those all in the same category, right? Um Nirvana, Madonna, Chameleon Air, you know what I mean? They're just <laughs> just the same. But that was that was the first time I had to be like, Oh, this song's really funny. I don't know what it's it's parodying. Mm-hmm. So um so that so thank you. Thank you for that. So now we get on to sport. Um Joe I'm going to say it right here definitively. I am 100% out on Gronk. Period. The end. Um, and look, I I am going to say good for you, man. Absolutely good for you. He is, he is maximizing his, um, his viability. Celebrity. celebrity. But I'm tired of him. Dangling the carrot about coming back and giving a shit about football, and this past week, it, you know, it it hit an epicenter, like uh, or an apex. I forget. I'm trying to think. Of apex. The, yeah. He, you know, so a few weeks ago, he announced that he had a big announcement coming out in two days, and his big announcement was he's repping a CDB or C CBD CBD. Thank you, oil company. I'm taking it. I can't even say, but he, <laughs> he's repping that company. People were like, oh. You know, because people got their hopes up. It was like week three, week four of the season, and the team's doing good, but we had lost AB, you know. And then I was like, oh, so the other day, last, you know, two weeks ago, the Patriots beat Philadelphia on the road. Beat Philadelphia, you know, a team that's expected to make the playoffs on the road, tough place to play. Beat them 17 to 10. They gave up 10 points, and they came back, you know. Um, I will point out that it wasn't a great game on offense. Uh, I will point out that when your punter is special teams NFL player of the week, <laughs> you kind of know that speaks volumes to how your offense did. But they won the game, and no one has ever seen Tom Brady post-game more dejected. He gave a two-minute post-game interview where Sulky McSulkle said, like, honestly, he, I, I actually— Was he like me at the beginning of this podcast? No, so much worse. I mean, you were a fucking ray of sun. You were a unicorn shitting rainbows um, compared to this. I even played for my mom the other day, and I was like, now keep in mind, they won this game, <laughs> you know. And so Gronk, a couple days after that, says, hey, you know, Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock, pay attention to Instagram. Your boy's got a big announcement. I didn't buy it. And, and and a lot of people in the media, the sports media is like, yeah, we would have heard some rumblings coming out of like, you know, Gillette. It, 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 this is probably him marketing something else. And it is. And he he did a really well produced and his acting in it. And uh, it was was better than the 80s porn acting that we've seen him do. You know, was it better or worse than Super Bowl shuffle or is it beyond comparison? No, it was nothing. Hey. That that's that's in a category by itself, baby. Um, but he did a commercial. He's sitting on a couch and he has the two angels kind of thing. But one of them is him with shorts holding a big, goofy like two foot like drink holder like mugger. You know what I mean? Like party. And then the other one was Gronk in a nondescript all white an angel football uniform, talking about you know it's time to party. No, you still got something like back and forth. The whole thing was for him to announce he's having one of those Super Bowl parties down in Miami a couple days before the Super Bowl, and it costs like a thousand bucks to get in. It's already sold out, mm-hmm. and it's and you going? 
No, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, so he's using the, hey, I, and then at the very end of the clip, because he has the three Super Bowl titles, you know, trophies behind him. He was only on the field for two of those three. Anyways, he, um, you know, the the player, the angel is saying, you're still in the prime of your career. You still, and he's like, no, I'm doing this. This is great. I'm the king of partying. And then at the very end, it's like, but really think about coming back next year. And what he said is, Hey, dumb fucks who love the Patriots and love me, I'm going to have you keep hanging on to every post and everything I put out there for the next year with the carrot that, hey, I might be coming back, but first let me sell you this bridge. So I wish him the best. And somebody pointed out, and it's true, he's he's still he's – still, I mean he's ripped. He looks great. Uh, but he's lost. God, he's got to have lost 50, 60 pounds. Wow. Like if he came back right now, if he really came back. And then somebody much smarter than me who follows the Patriots even closer, if you can believe that, but on a professional level is pointing out everybody here is really excited because he made a huge catch in Kansas City on the drive to tie the score. A huge catch. He might have made the catch of his career in the Super Bowl. You know, not for a touchdown to get like in, in double coverage, you know, low. He made those two great. You remember how all that and somebody pointed out how all last season people were like, yeah, he's become more of a blocking tight end and how we l- lamented like what the hell Gronk had an awful season last season mm. and people have forgotten because again, he had an awful season. He was hurt towards the end. I mean, he just was not close to him. He was catching the ball and going down versus, you know, those explosive run through five people carrying like, you know, two safeties on his back like a Hello Kitty, you know, <laughs> backpack. And but that all last season, he was not Gronk. I mean, and, and to his, you know, he was fighting through a bunch of stuff. I get it. Uh, but those two big catches, huge, great catches. And huge moments, and that's what we're remembering. And, and it's great. We're remembering thin Elvis. Right. Not fat Elvis. Right. And so now that he's lost even all this weight, it's like, even if he did came, come back right now, I'm not sure what we'd be getting, you know? Uh, well, so, at least he's not depressed Thor. <laughs> I, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, but yeah, I'm not paying attention. But if and he comes I'm, back, you'll love him again. I would. But I, you look. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I will I will believe the rumors about him possibly coming back the day after I come home and my wife says, come upstairs. I have a surprise for you. And she invented a time machine and went back and got Marianne and Ginger in their prime. Not now. I think one of them's dead. And says, go to town, big guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I will believe Kronk the day after that happens. Uh, the other thing this week is all the rumors about A.B. And so no one really knows that the NFL has suspended him or will suspend him. Uh, and it's interesting because he is – he's if he came back and played on any team right now, it doesn't matter if it's the Patriots or the Cincinnati Bengals, he would be one of the top five receivers instantly. No matter what team you put him on, put him with the shittiest quarterback and the shittiest team, he's going to make a difference. He is a game changer. He is a top five receiver. Unarguably, if he's not suspended, why hasn't anybody picked him up? And and there was two or three teams that people have pointed out that were talking the last nine weeks since he's been let go uh, by the Patriots. But 
the, the three or four teams who had always been rumored to get him at the trade deadline or after we released Josh Gordon, uh, Seattle picked him up. So Seattle's not picking. Seattle does. Seattle picked up Josh Gordon, which kills their salary cap and ability to go and get him. We went out and got Sanu. You know, the other couple teams made roster alignments, like I said, at the trade deadline or picked up. So the teams that would pick him up aren't there. And so it's interesting, even if the team, even if he's not suspended, most of the teams that would pick him up, he is that good. And it's at, at this point of the season, you're thinking, there's five or six teams out there that are on the bubble of making the playoffs. And the difference between making the playoffs is being 10 and six versus nine and seven. And if you're on the bubble and you have the salary cap, why hasn't anybody picked him up? And that's why people think the league has said, hey, keep this under wrap. Sure, you can sign him. But but he had his investigation last week. He met with the NFL. Uh, the NFL didn't come out and say anything like he is suspended. And then this past week, AB on Twitter and on Instagram apologized to Robert Kraft. And clearly it wasn't written by him. You know, I mean, he – you go by the 10,000 Instagram posts he put out, has never used a semicolon. <laughs> um, but somebody got to him. And, and whether it's his agent, manager, accountant, you know, his grandma, Tom Brady, and said, hey, step one is apologizing to Kraft. That, that's step one. And I, I think seeing Bill Belichick, I think he thinks, yeah, you know, we can win without him and we're going to win with defense. And that's going to set me even more as being – this god uh tom brady is desperate desperate to get him but the word out of gillette is like yeah there's no fucking way we're bringing after bringing up the miami thing you know with Kraft again um but it's interesting to see you know uh the the rumor mill here and it's it's you already said it everybody in new england was like we don't want a b we don't want a b we signed a b oh my god we're going to be unstoppable this is going to be the greatest offense of all time you know he got thrown out of town a lot of people were like we need him but then we went. We, we were one and zero without him. Uh-huh. We were two and zero with him, and then we go on and we were, you know, now nine. You know, actually by this post, we'll see what happens with Dallas on on tomorrow. But uh, we could be ten and one, and again, Tom Brady could get to the podium tomorrow, be the quarterback and captain of a team that's ten and one, cradling a box of Kleenex, right? Because and look, I get it. I get it. People are forgetting he is in a contract here. He has nothing on the books for next year. Nothing. And part of me thinks this is this is Bill being Bill. It's like if if Tom Brady doesn't want to leave New England, he but he wants a two, three year contract. They want to give him a two, three year contract this offseason. They only gave him one year and he's pouting about that. But it's one of those things. If at forty two years old the Patriots win the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. If he's in the top five and touchdown passes, if the team is top five scoring in offense, you know, he goes in saying, hey, I obviously have two more years in me, Robert. I want $20 million a year for the next two years. But now you're going to win the Super Bowl because of your defense. Hopefully Tom doesn't turn the ball over. You've made him a game manager. Um he goes in the room and and they turn around and say, yeah, Tom, we definitely want you, you know, another year or two. But let's be honest. You threw 10 interceptions this year and and half as many – you threw twice as many interceptions this year and, tw- and half as many touchdowns as you did last year. Mm-hmm. Your QBR is this. And everybody knows uh, 
The Patriots are tied for second to last. Only Miami has a worst per yard average with the run. They have no run game. Sony Michelle, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Sony Michelle ranks 42nd. So, so second string guys right. are averaging more yards than Sony Michelle. Um, He's a late bloomer. But now, now, tell me how crazy I was for putting for putting Devlin on such a pedestal the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So their offensive line also sucks. There's four guys on the offensive line who weren't on the offensive line to start Week One. You know, it's the the guys that they've had at left left tackle. Truly was out of football. They got off the street because when you're starting your season, most of the good left tackles and that when you look at the most expensive people on a football field, it's your diva wide receiver. It's your quarterback. It's your quarterback safety. It's your left tackle or and Philip Phyllis Rivers case. It's your right tackle because he's a left handed quarterback. And yes, I said Phyllis. I know. I'm an awful person. Anyways, I don't think AB is coming back. Uh, but I will say I've, n- I've never seen somebody beg to come back more. And he's he's already put it out there. It's like, you already got to pay me. But that contract has been ripped up. So is he – will. They can afford him at league minimum. Does he come? Do they come back and say, "Look, we're going to pay you that nine million dollars in that contract in the off season. You're getting your money. Play these last four games, you know, under league minimum." I but I don't see him coming back. So that's that's all I got for sport. You got what do you got? Now I know what Fox and Friends feels like when the president calls in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Never thought I'd be able to sympathize with Steve Ducey before. <laughs> wow. But man. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's oh, get into the. Oh, by, by A, B, Antonio Brown? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure right. we're on this. There we I go. I thought you meant like, you know, alpha betas. And- <laughs> all right. Video games, what have you played this week? Hmm, nothing, honey. No, no, no games on your phone? Nope. Just, just with your emotions? Yep. <laughs> you ready to do a video game review of the week? Sure. Jacques's going to go walk. Now I'm going to sit here quietly until he comes back. We all need a little rest from that searing analysis by Jacques about the New England Patriots and whether or not they're going to win uh, by a lot or by a little. <laughs> no, they got some problems, dude. Yeah. All right. I picked out a Sega game. Uh, well, oh, it's a Sega Genesis game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. It's Sega. not. Is it? Is it an S game or a T game? It's a T. Okay. It's not Tasmania. It. What is it? T. t- I don't know. I, it's a. It's a. Uh, is it Tecmo something? No. Uh, no, it's not Tecmo something stupid. It's TA something. I would give you a hint, but it would be a really bad one. Um, mm. That's not a good Martian voice. Oh, uh, oh, is it Taz Escape from Mars? It is. Oh, I didn't know I had Taz because I have Tasmania. Taz Escape from Mars, yeah. Uh, yeah, Marvin the Martian. Is uh, on the cover with Taz. Um, what was the thing? The the, the discombobulator. Thank you. <laughs> I'll need to recombobulate him. <laughs> uh, 
Grrr, it says in the back. Hot-tempered Taz is kidnapped and caged in a zoo on Mars. But Marvin the Martian is messing with the wrong Earthling. Taz is whirling his way out of there, even if he has to gobble the whole planet. What a fun game this looks like that I'm sure I've played. <laughs> I have not. Um, I, it does come with the manual. The, this is back. This is when the, the Genesis games were starting to like cheap out on the manuals. It's this black and white. It, right, these are full right. color manuals. And that then, almost looks like like it's a pirated like version. Yeah, like the, the version you get from the library, you know, that it's uh, or the rental store that has uh, you know the bare bones instructions. But um, you know, it looks like it's a, a fun little platformer. You're uh, you're on uh, planet Mars, which is. Uh, has the Mars Zoo, Mole World as a stage, Planet X, Mexico. <laughs> Seriously, it's you go to you go to Mexico, uh, the Haunted Castle. I don't know how you get to Mexico. Well, it's ta- it's ta- not Tasmania. Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> it's pretty. Man. I didn't know Marvin the Martian was a white supremacist piece of shit. He's a green supremacist, actually. But you know, uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay. This looks like it's a, a fun little game. Um, maybe I'll pop it in, and but it does have like the monster from, um, you know, the, the the laboratory there. People, ah! you know, what I'm talking about. I do know what yes. you're talking about. Uh, if you didn't own this, what, what, do you, what do you think it's going for out there on the cold hard streets, in the black market, in the underground video world? If you five ninety nine, yeah, you know what? Then if you can find it for five ninety nine, you get Whoa. it, and then you turn around and sell it for seven ninety nine plus four fifty nine. Yeah, that's it's a profit deal. Good, for, you know. Again, you know who needs Medicare for all when you got this wall of video to fall back on? Build the wall. Uh, have you watched anything other than the third episode of Mandalorian? I have. I have watched some more Cheers season eight. Uh, I've watched, um, you know, going through Disney Plus and trying to figure out if there's anything else that like a lot of the Disney stuff is great. A lot of the Disney stuff is bad. A lot of the Disney stuff is very indifferent to me because, you know, it it's a generational stuff, you know, Disney Channel stuff from the 90s that I just don't connect with. But I started watching, it must have, maybe it was a magical world of Disney movie called Gus. Have you seen that on the timeline? No. <clears throat> I, I say if you have some time, just go to the movie section. So put show all movies in ABC order and just go. Just scroll through it because eventually you'll land on Gus. Or, if you want to do a shortcut, look for all the Don Knotts movies because <laughs> Don Knotts stars as a football coach. I think he's like a. I think it's an. I think he's an NFL coach. Oh, that's great. I think. Sold. I think. I'm in. And it's about a a mule that they get from another country. I think it's Czechoslovakia. You know, Yugoslavia. It's a Yugoslavian mule, and his, you know. Uh, teenaged uh, trainer or whatever it is that can kick a football yeah, I know the length of okay. a, yeah yep. and it's called Gus and Ed Asner is in it he's like the the recruiter or maybe he's the GM or somebody I, I don't know it, it, it's a, it was a little fuzzy I didn't quite stick with it but I saw Ed Asner uh, there's another it's, it's, it's there's a couple of all-star names in there that's that are escaping me but Gus is on there. So uh, I will. No, I, I'm in. I, I, I'm in. 
Um, I also saw 10 Things I Hate About You, which I... It's uh, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's uh, taming, hold on, hold on. It's Taming of the Shrew, but it's in the 90s. It's got to be... Yeah, okay, I was going to say, that's that's 99. late 90s. Yeah. yeah. Letters from Ezra, I think, was in... I think in the end, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a Letters from Ezra who performed on the rooftop at the end of the movie. Wow. But it's very 90s, but it's just great because... Where did you watch it and why? It was on Disney+. Plus. Oh, and you're just like, yeah, what the fuck? Because, yeah, again, put it in ABC order, the numbers come up first. So 10 things I hate about you. I was like, you know what? I heard this was a pretty good movie. It's Heath Ledger, and it's uh, it's the 90s, so why not? And it's late 90s, so it was like... You know, it it was a high school movie that took place in the '90s, like late '90s. But it, I was you already, could identify kind. Of, well, I was already college age, like by by then. So it was, but I had never seen it, and it was it was fine. It was just great to see Heath Ledger. Apparently, he and Julia Stiles were dating at that time. In the you know, it was so it was like nice to see that. Um, he he has like a it, there's an eerie con, like an eerie foreshadowing of a Joker moment. He's on. He's trying to win over Julia Stiles, who's a cheerleader, and she's practicing with her squad on the field, and it's an empty stadium. And all of a sudden, you see that uh, Heath Ledger's character uh, pays off the PA announcer to lend him the microphone that's hooked up to the PA system, and he he rigged it with the marching band so that he could perform. Um, oh, what was the name of the song? God damn it, I forget. It was some like '60s song. But he's dancing on the stairs while he's singing. But it's like it was very reminiscent of Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, oh, when dancing said, on a staircase. Okay, when you said Joker, I'm like, oh, I'm like Heath Ledger's Joker. Right, so right. I didn't know you were talking it, about the billion dollar box off gold Heath Ledger. Uh, oh, not Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix movie, billion dollars. Right, which may or may not get a sequel. They, 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 they those rumors are flying I'm around. You still haven't seen it. I know. You know? It's going now. We can't. We can't. No, it, it bothers me. I haven't seen it. But yeah, but it, it, interesting. Interesting that you uh, you picked up on that. Um, but yeah, I'm, in, I'm, you know, I'm not going to watch 10 Things About You, but you sold me. I mean, look, you got Don Knotts, Ed Asner, and a football playing mule. Dude, I am in. That, <laughs> that, that is like, you know, sold. Uh-huh. Uh, me... Uh, like you said, I already watched Mandalorian. Uh, I'm going to watch. I think there's only. I think I'm two episodes of Titan behind. One in which we see the new Nightwing outfit. Um, I'll probably watch that. You know, by myself because uh, it's weird when you get an erection in front of your family watching a superhero movie. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that. That's you know, we already talked enough about my Mandalorian stuff. So, parenting tip of the week. I'll go first. Um, one of my boys got a uh, got a note from a friend in class like this week a uh, a, a check no check yes if you like me kind of thing. And my parenting tip is it's never too early to start teasing your kids about you know getting notes from uh, possible flames and flings even if they're in the third grade. You know never never miss an opportunity. To make them feel uncomfortable about talking about girls. Or, or boys. boys. Yeah. Or um, 
or girl boys. Non, yeah. Or boy girls. Not, not, non-binary. Non-binary. See, that's a better word. Like when you say it. And it's wrong. It's, 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 I, that's wrong. That, that, but yeah. Well, it was right two days ago, but now you. <laughs> I'm Hitler. <laughs> pretty much. All right, Coulter, what do you got for a parenting tip? I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I shouldn't be a parent. It's a parent. I shouldn't be a parent. Oh, you know, you know, you, you, you go into these things with the best of intentions and, you know, it's all about the follow through. Hey, what, what, what was the road to hell paved with? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we won't be here next week, but maybe, maybe, maybe there is a best of Joe. Uh, you know, to be honest. Every podcast is the best of Joe. To be there you real, go. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, Just yeah, why don't you use Thanksgiving to a? Um, well, it's the Monday after Thanksgiving. I don't know. Just catch up on our old podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, or the best of Joe. This uh, but seriously, uh, I, I will miss being here. It will be a couple weeks since you know I get to you know spend this kind of quality time with my bestest pal Joe, and uh, I say. Uh, I have nothing else to say except I'm out on Gronk. I'm sorry, Gronk. You you lost a customer. You just lost yourself a... Wait, no, I'm sorry. I said, you just lost yourself a customer. What'd you say, Homer? I said, you just lost yourself a customer. Sure, you can use it. (laughs) That was Mo and Homer from Flaming Moe's. Classic Simpsons episode uh, available on Netflix. I mean, not sorry. Disney Plus. God damn it. In the wrong aspect ratio. Fix it, which they're supposed to. They're going to fix the aspect ratios on those old uh, first 20 seasons uh, next year. So lucky you, uh, viewer. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. I'm out of here. From, with, from, uh, from all of us here at Carnival Personnel, I bid you. Adieu. Don't forget. Holy cow, I'm white and dirty. I want to bowl with the gangsters. But oh, well, it's obvious I'm white and dirty. Think I'm just too white and dirty. Think I'm just too white and dirty. I'm just too white and dirty. Look at me, I'm white and dirty.